Welcome to the Runway VC Podcast, a podcast where we talk with experts and disruptors about how they're influencing the future of aviation and travel. VC podcast. On this episode, we talk with Shashank Nigam, the CEO and founder of an aviation marketing firm called Simplifying. Uh, Simplifying's got offices all over the world, and their clientele list is just as diverse, working with airlines uh, from Asiana to Aer Lingus to Volaris to American, etc., etc. Um, he's got a pretty in-depth knowledge of airline marketing and data as well. But this episode is not like our typical one-on-one interviews. If you've listened to our last episode, you can tell that we've kind of been experimenting with a few different formats, and this episode is going to be no different. Um, Rather than our traditional interviews, Shashank and I actually just had a casual, hypothetical conversation, um, similar to one that you would have at a happy hour after a conference, about the aviation industry, specifically U.S. airlines, uh, dipping their toe back into the hospitality world. So for those of you who have followed U.S. airlines will know that at one point in time, uh, they did try to get into the hotel industry, whether it was through strong partnerships or just owning and even starting hotels. Rather than trying to figure out which partnerships airlines could make with the typical hotel chains, we wanted to talk about what it would look like if an airline put together a partnership with Airbnb, which is arguably the largest hotel chain in the world right now. Now, yes, there are some airlines that are quote-unquote partnering with, but the partnerships tend to be pretty surface level. Um, Our conversation goes into actually what it would look like if an airline and Airbnb were both owned by the same entity. Uh, So actually looking at the market caps, um, an airline can't afford to buy Airbnb. Um, Actually, shoe on the other foot, Airbnb would be a better candidate to buy an airline. Um, But that doesn't necessarily mean that our conversation just had to end at that. So during our conversation, we talked about what kind of data could be shared between the two, uh, the benefits of a partnership like that between between an airline and Airbnb, as well as our pick on which airline made the most sense, in our opinions, uh, to make this kind of partnership. It's important to note that we don't have any inside knowledge (laughs) into any potential deals between Airbnb or any airline. Neither one of us are representatives or even are closely associated with representatives from Airbnb, so by no means are we trying to advocate or even push a partnership like this. Uh, Really, this conversation was just to have fun and kind of theorize on what the future of the industry could look like. So anyway, without further ado, here's our conversation with Shashank. Hey, Shashank, how's it going? Hey, Chris, very good. How are you doing? Doing well, very well. Um, So before we get started on this kind of uh, hypothetical (laughs) conversation, uh, hopefully, uh, it can kind of get some of our listeners to really think about uh, some ways that they approach 
the aviation industry and air travel and all that. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we get started on this conversation, why don't you tell our listeners kind of a little bit about you and Simply Flying? Sure. Um, my name is Shashank. I'm the CEO of Simply Flying. Um, Simply Flying is one of the largest uh, airline marketing strategy firms in the world. About 80 airlines and airports globally, specifically at the intersection of aviation and marketing, uh, from the big guys like uh, Emirates and Singapore Airlines and Lufthansa to small ones like Spicejet and Estonian Air. Uh, we also do a lot of work with manufacturers, like uh, we helped Bombardier launch the C-Series. Uh, last year, we have worked on a lot of 787 marketing projects with Boeing. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and we really are well known for our work in uh, digital and social media. Uh, the latest is that I uh, uh, have released a book. Uh, it's called Soar, and it summarizes the best practices of eight of some of the most notable airlines in the world, uh, from uh, you know well-known brands like Singapore Airlines and Southwest, brands like uh, Whirling and Kulula in South Africa. Uh, and the book was uh, launched in December and is doing really well right now. Very good. Well, congratulations on the success. Thank you very much. So what was your background in aviation before you started Simply Flying? None. I actually have a technology background. <laughs> okay. Um, I used to work with an MIT startup in Boston, in Cambridge specifically. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I used to like planes a lot. Okay. And I would often be seen or caught by my team staring at a plane. Uh, flying overhead and trying to guess the the airline and the model and going to flight aware and of flight radar 24 and checking oh whether I got it right or not. Right. So I, I decided, you know what, I, I love planes so much, I got to leave and get into the aviation world. So I left. Uh, I started a blog called Simple Flying on airline marketing issues. Uh, pretty much built the field from scratch. There wasn't the the field didn't really exist before that. And uh, Slowly got into speaking, then training, and then strategy consulting. Very good. Eight so years a lot later, at it. Yeah, a lot of trial and error, I would imagine. Oh, you bet. Oh, you bet. Uh, entrepreneurship <laughs> is never easy, and in aviation, doubly so. That's true. That's true. Um, so to kind of give our listeners a little bit of background on on how this topic came about uh, and kind of what the goal is, like I said. Um, it's 100% hypothetical. I personally don't have any insight into Airbnb or any of the airlines, uh, investment strategies, um, which I can assume the same for you, correct? Uh, well, one of my latest episodes was on airline innovation. So I think I can, I can share a fair bit on how airlines are looking to innovate from hackathons to incubators and what they're looking to do. Sure. Um, but I think we can have a good, yeah, you're right, a good hypothetical chat about this. Right, right. But no insight, as in <laughs> no one should be listening to this podcast taking any tips uh, or, or assuming that we, we have any insight knowledge into what uh, the avi- what any airlines or Airbnb are doing. <laughs> right. Not, not in a, this is more like a financial disclosure kind of statement. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this kind of conversation, this topic came up. I reached out to Shashank um, a couple weeks ago after um, it, the, the initial conversation started when Airbnb's CEO, Brian Chesky, kind of went out on a limb um, saying that he was going to be – that Airbnb was going to be focusing on air travel or that they were interested 
in air travel um, over the next few over the next several months and maybe into next year. Um, obviously, they are a company that needs to grow or continue to grow, and they are looking at different ways of, of trying to kind of bring in a closed uh, circle for the travel experience. Um, so kind of listening to the, reading those comments, listening to a few of his interviews, and then going back and doing a little bit of research as to how this has fared out in aviation in the past, airlines owning hotels or having a part of hotels is not a new strategy. Um, there have been many hotel, many airlines in the past, Pan Am, obviously one of the big ones with their interest in Intercontinental Hotel, as well right. as uh, United uh, having an interest in Weston uh, and the W. Um, so it's not a new strategy, but it is a different time. Um, so the, the I, pitch, I reached out to Shashank and, and kind of asked him, hey, Shashank, what would you think or, or do you see um, a world in which an airline becomes a heavy investor in or outright acquires Airbnb? With that, Shashank, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think <laughs> that's an interesting statement because I think Airbnb right now is more valuable than most airlines in the world. Uh, Airbnb's valuation is $31 billion, right. And I believe, uh, you know, just a handful, just a couple of airlines in the world, for example, Southwest and I think Delta uh, have a valuation that's more than $30 billion. So um, even if these guys want to uh, have a joint venture, that's going to be a merger and not an acquisition sure. uh, because they're, it's just not many fold bigger. One billion valuation. So it's, uh, it might very well be the other way around, Airbnb buying an airline because guess what? Someone like uh, Spirit is just worth $3.8 billion, which is one-tenth the valuation of Airbnb. Right. Uh, <laughs> but having said that, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. If you look at Airbnb's model, what are they really good at? That customer data. They are, a, if you think about it, at the bottom of it, data company. They know where you're staying, they know who's offering places, and they're connecting these people together. Right? Their platforms know the host, they know the guests really well, and it's because of this information transparency that exists that you've built the initial trust uh, to be able to host a stranger in your own home. Uh, with their latest product uh, experiences, Airbnb experiences, the same thing goes where they're vetting um, everyone from tourist guides or people uh, just going local uh, and, and offering local experiences and curating local experiences for tourists. The aspect is around trust. And if you think about it technically, Airbnb is really good with customer data. That is traditionally not what airlines are good at, right? right? So then that makes an interesting conversation that, hey, you know what? While Airbnb might want to enter air travel, uh, they might not necessarily want to buy metal tubes that hurdle through the air, but rather they might want to own customer data. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, a, that's an interesting lens to look at it from. Yeah, you look at the potential of a Airbnb um, airline partnership because uh, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. There are not very many airlines that could afford to purchase Airbnb outright. Although we have seen rumors of or, or, or stories 
of when Starwood and Marriott went through their dance um, last year, that there were some uh, international airlines interested in that in that acquisition as well. That that's something that is I think some international airlines are also starting to look at bigger ones. Now, you mentioned Spirit um, being at a $3.8 billion over Southwest, and that obviously those valuations are easy to get because they're publicly traded companies in the right. U.S. You, you get into harder um, valuations when you try to look at something like Emirates uh, <laughs> or those Middle Eastern airlines that seem to have an endless supply of money at, but aren't publicly traded. So, but I do believe that those, obviously those, types of deals would then have to go through another entity, which between the spats that U.S. carriers are having with international Middle Eastern carriers, uh, I, don't, I don't see them being able to get a federal uh, U.S. approval on any type of uh, business acquisitions like that. But, well, I'm not sure if I would say that because if you think about it, the Saudi um, sovereign wealth fund just invested recently a huge amount in Uber and I laid on that. So, you know, uh, it's it's all game. It's companies raising financing, and I I don't think I mean if Wells Fund comes in uh, and wants to buy a stake in Airbnb, why not? Uh, Ten Cent from China just bought a stake in Tesla yesterday, yeah. uh, which is uh, again valued at over a billion dollars. So uh, I I think that's that's besides the point. I think the underlying uh, premise is whether Air, someone like Airbnb will disrupt air travel and if so then what should airlines be doing about it right, right right and you look at you look at a lot of the synergies like you pointed out that airbnb could bring to an airline and one thing that you and i have spoken about in the past and you alluded to it is that airbnb knows a lot of data about you as a consumer traveler where you're coming from where you're going to and now with with their trips or their experience it could get to the point where they even know what you're doing on your trip, but airlines are only going to know how you got there. So traditionally, airlines were not and, and are not are still struggling to collect data on what happens to you after you leave an airport. And being able to close that feedback loop allows for a lot of not just service, but also marketing opportunity to, you know, sit on an airline, go through the in-flight entertainment and the airline be able to say, hey, you're staying, know that you're staying in a specific neighborhood, check out these top 10 restaurants in the area uh, and, and now become a value add when I fly on, let's say, JetBlue. When I fly on JetBlue, that they know where in Manhattan I'm staying and can tell me all the different things around the apartment that I'll be renting uh, through Airbnb. And that kind of brings a whole different aspect to traveling that, frankly, passengers have been crying, you know, people have been crying for, especially recently, you're starting to see a movement away. People, when they travel now, the common thing, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of it, is you don't want to, quote unquote, do the tourist thing. You know, you want to go see where the locals are hanging out. And Airbnb, one of the big benefits of Airbnb is that they put you right in the middle of the locals. And being able to have an airline facilitate that even further can can really add some a better experience for a lot of travelers while they're getting to their to to their destinations. Right, right, absolutely. And let me share at this point a specific incident. Um, I get an email from Airbnb uh, about ten days ago, and it says, "Ready to book your um, Airbnb in London again?" And I was like, "Really, London again?" 
Am I going to London? <laughs> oh, yes, I am going to London. So Airbnb is reminding me London accommodation. And I'm like, wait a minute, am I going to London again? How does Airbnb know that? And that's because exactly a year ago, I was in London at this time for a conference. And Airbnb is assuming that I will be again in London in that same area. So in this email, it is already shortlisted three properties based on my previous location and my previous preference and said, would you like to instant book any of these right now? And if you do so this week, then you get 15% off. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I am going for this conference. Let me just book it right now. Now, think about that. This is true personalization based mm -hmm. on my past behavior, just like Amazon saying, would you like, you know, related books? Airbnb is predicting that I might want to be in London again because it was a business trip that I went for last year. At the same time, the same conference might happen again, and it did. So I ended up giving business to them, and I appreciated them shortlisting the three properties for me in the same area, so I didn't have to do the whole search again. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I don't see airlines doing this right now. I'm sure airlines know that my parents visit me every Christmas mm -hmm. for the last X number of years. So why not get them to book ahead of time, get them to book early? Why not? Um, figure out which businessman goes on which trips every single week. Uh, let's say there are lots of people who go Frankfurt, Munich every week. Value add services, just like you said, um, based on this data. I just feel that right now, given the state airlines are in, there might be a lot of data that exists within airlines, but there isn't a lot of thinking being done to derive the best value out of this data. Right. Um, and, and there are multiple reasons for this. There might be, it might be because the airlines are too siloed. It might be that IT has some bits of data, market research has some bits of data, loyalty department has other bits of data, and they're not really talking to each other. That, guess what? IT is completely outsourced to someone like IBM or Accenture, hence the airline has no control over data. It might be something like um, Air Canada's situation until, uh, well, uh, right now, wherein Aeroplan has all the data, their loyalty program, which is managed by a third-party company. So they have finally decided to cancel the partnership so that they can start managing their own customer data. So there, there are a ton of hurdles before airlines can even start making the optimal use of uh, their own data to catch up with the likes of Airbnb. Yeah. And I also think you're seeing that with hotels too, which is why when, I, when this conversation first started, you know, the thought was, well, what if an airline were to get into the hotel business? And the reason we specifically picked Airbnb for our listeners' knowledge is because, frankly, Airbnb right now is one of the world's biggest hotels, and they are kind of paving the way for a new hotel experience. Uh, but I think you're seeing the same thing with traditional hotels, is they are uh, still on the mindset of we are a hotel company. You know, we our business is to provide rooms for people, just like airlines believe that you know, their business is to get you from point A to point B safely and somewhat comfortably. <laughs> depends on depends on how much you're willing to pay. But Airbnb looks at themselves as not just a company that allows you to sleep in a stranger's apartment. Uh, they look at themselves as a ex travel experience company. So with that, if an airline were to start looking at themselves as something more than just a transportation company, um, what would that, what do you think those types of experiences would look like? Yeah, I think uh, there are a few examples uh, I actually share in, in my book, Soar, um, which, which I can highlight. Uh, for example, Singapore Airlines. 
uh, they are coming up with a uh, with a system internal system called the CEM, Customer Experience Management System CEM, wherein all the flight attendants uh, are going to be given uh, will have access to an iPad uh, in flight, and they can discreetly, and that's the keyword, discreetly, they can discreetly look up information on the passengers. For example, was there a past service failure? Was there flight delay? Uh, and did he miss his connection? Can we do anything to recover the service on this leg of the flight right now? Uh, can we offer him a nicer meal? Can we, uh, you know, give him a seat with a, where there's another empty seat next to him? What can we do for customer service recovery on this leg? There are also going to be insights which are combined from the loyalty program, their departure control system, and two or three other systems which give a holistic profile of the customer himself. Um, and, and I know this is in trial phase right now, but once this scales, I think the potential is huge uh, for, for what the airline can do. Mm-hmm. Kulula in, in South Africa is doing something completely different. On the other end, uh, they don't have a loyalty program. And how they're doing it is by using very basic customer data points. For example, if there's a guy who flies between Johannesburg and um, Cape Town every week, he's obviously flying for business. And at Christmas, he flies to Durban. Uh, now, they might surprise him by saying, hey, you know what? You're flying on Christmas to Durban. You are a most frequent flyer on Cape Town to Joburg. And to reward you, we're going to throw in a dive alongside the sharks experience by your whole family. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very simple thing to do using data that they already had, but it wins the customer over for life. Uh, I think... Right now, the important thing is airlines to start doing things that don't scale, make them work very well for a few passengers. And once they have done that, then they can scale it up. And interestingly, that's how Airbnb has become so successful as well, by doing things that don't scale. Right, right. And and you mentioned kind of giving that experience that, again, like we've talked about, partnership between an Airbnb trips and offering and easily connecting airlines with those types of local experiences is, again, uh, just something that makes a a strong partnership, stay strong between Airbnb and and an airline. Um, I say that because there are a few airlines. I know KLM is one of the most recent ones that have announced that you can, when you book a flight on KLM's website, then you can be directed to look at Airbnbs in that in in whatever city uh, you know they they're offering this partnership through, and that's not a whole lot different than you know any of the other airlines saying, hey, you bought this flight here here's here's getting a direct to here's a link to Booking.com or Hertz or you know whatever other ancillary service right. that, that right. they can exactly. kind of upsell you, and and that's and that's a great. That's a great way to kind of share information that way, but I don't, and I'm sure that 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 kind of brings some extra change to the airlines here and there. I would doubt whether or not it's a serious revenue driver, but something that, you know, makes it easy for airlines to give those types of local experiences to their customers and a partnership with Airbnb using utilizing their experience or their trip service would be something that an airline could easily take advantage of and make that make that very scalable. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's the key, right? What can you scale ultimately? Uh, initially, it might start with little partnerships. And I think airlines will do well to look outside for partnerships rather than inside. Uh, and that's just because I think within the airline, there's way too much complexity in terms of data, in terms of departments, for them to pull 
any good insights right away. Uh, and that's where we see, you know, airlines, for example, working with incubator funds uh, or companies. So, for example, JetBlue uh, mm-hmm. has started uh, an incubation fund where it's investing in startups. A lot of them customer data startups as well, by the way. Uh, British Airways has started uh, what's called Hangar 51. Right. Or IAG, rather, uh, the parent group of British Airways has started Hangar 51, which again is an incubation fund, which is, I believe, invested in two companies already. Uh, and, you know, the interesting thing is it allows the airline to hedge its bets. Uh, what if fuel prices go up tomorrow? Guess what? The startup is still unaffected, right? Uh, but secondly, whatever the startup is doing might end up being very useful to the airline as well. And, and that's, you know, going to hopefully build a competitive advantage for the airline too. Yeah. And now one thing that we, we haven't really addressed yet um, and, and to kind of bring this conversation full circle. So you look at an, an, an industry such as the airline industry, which is not known for its customer service. Um, in fact, over the past couple months, it's been getting terrible reviews um, and, and just dropping the, you know, the, the overall industry and the name for itself. But compare that to the hotel industry where you, where they live and breathe by service and hospitality. And Airbnb has been one of those companies that has very, and very few companies have been able to do this, have been able to offer great customer service. And most of the time, their guests never talk to any Airbnb employees. Um, mm-hmm. so that type of training also, you know, I just can, I just see more benefits that bring in a better service and a better quality of experience altogether, a better, and it offers a better product. Right. Exactly. Now the thing is, I think I, I do need to add a disclaimer here. Um, being part of aviation, it's not that the world is falling apart. It's not that no, suddenly I, I, airlines are crap. <laughs> and I, I, I think what's changed, what's changed is that I think social media has hit airlines hard. Now, when every passenger has a mobile phone and is filming video, guess what? More of these incidences are getting shared in real right. time. Wouldn't be known. And previously, it wouldn't necessarily get out. So... The, it's not that the frequency of let's say overbooking has increased. It's just that shared more easily. And guess what? Let's be fair to the airline employees. They don't know how to react when a video camera is shoved in their face, and they, many of them panic. And that's what leads to sometimes hilarious viral videos right. uh, from within the airline cabin. You know, air travel is already a frustrating experience for most people. Uh, going through security, taking off shoes, liquids, crying babies, small leg rooms. That. When they do film a video, more often than not, they are frustrated. And that makes for a really good Sunday morning brunch fodder uh, for people watching YouTube or BoardPanda.com. And and that's what's happened. Not the frequency of these things happening. What's changed is how often they get shared on social media. And I think airlines need to be just much better prepared to deal with this. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I don't think that the airline industry, the as terms of incidences and all that, has gone up. But and I don't blame flight attendants. You know, I don't blame pilots. I don't blame the gate agents because they are reacting to a script essentially that they are told to react to. You know, and and so I don't I don't blame any of those 
employees either. I think that, like you said, social media hitting airlines and them not being prepared for it as much as they say they're being as much as they say they are prepared for it. I want to also make this point, at least, and I don't know if you share these thoughts or not. An airline being on Twitter does not mean that they've got a handle on their social media <laughs> accounts. And, right. and and when you look at their t- those types of interactions that and the way that their upper management of a lot of – I should say U.S. carriers because I don't really have a whole lot of other experience with international carriers in terms of social media. But when you look at the U.S. carriers and the way that they are training their employees to act as – scripts and and puppets of their management to say hey when this happens you know here's this flow chart here's this decision chart that you have to go through when an incident occurs um that doesn't seem to be the case that Airbnb has gone through right i've i've dealt right. with their customer service via email and it's always a pleasant experience you know i i can tell that i am talking to a actual person uh via email and they're willing to go out of their way to whether that's through some type of compensation or you know credit or whatever to give mm-hmm. up a little in the long run to keep my loyalty and my business um and i'm not a big i mean i'm not one of those types of people that book airbnbs every week you know i i do it a couple times a year for for various trips um so i'm not a big revenue driver for them but yet they treat me with the same respect that I feel like I get treated if I were, you know, a bigger customer right. for them. Right, right. And I think that's where, if you look into the future, that's where airlines that win will differentiate. That's how airlines will differentiate. Because ultimately, if an airline just is in the business of transporting you from point A to point B in a safe manner, guess what? They're in the supply chain business. Right. But airlines that will win in the wrong long term, will know, will realize that they're in the customer service business and they are dealing with people here and uh, they need to personalize the experience. They need to take care of people. Just like you said, treat you as a decent human being rather than just, you know, passenger at 16A right. uh, or a PNR number. And airlines that do that will actually win. As we can see, uh, you know, hotels that take care of passengers uh, are the ones that get a loyal base ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're willing to even pay more, you know, just because you want to make sure that you're because you, you know you're going to get treated right. And and while I agree with you that air, that that uh there are some things that happen on airlines that are out of that are out of the airlines controls, unruly passengers crying babies, you know, a frustrating airport experience depending on where you're flying to and from on the same LaGuardia. Token, right. <laughs> right. On the same token, you know, and, and while social media can be can put an airline in, in the news for days, depending on what happens, on that same token, you know, Airbnb can has has been able to develop a customer service experience where passenger or customers are staying in neighborhoods that may not always be the safest neighborhoods in the city to stay in. Um so right. you know, or you know, Airbnb has got a got a is is operating a company where they don't always know a hundred percent that their rooms are going to be cleaned you know or that they or that right. the, the so the uncertainty that airlines deal with while is is uh is there and and the variable that that people bring to that experience is there um I would argue that Airbnb has a lot more variables that they have to compete against 
uh, and account for when giving out and, and dealing with customer service. Right, absolutely. And I think one of the things that Airbnb struggled with initially was just different jurisdictions. Uh, yep. You know, meeting the regulations in New York was very different, which was different from San Francisco. So they've had to deal with this. Uber has had to deal with this. Uh, airlines, I think, are more experienced in dealing with this and may just do better. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. So, Shashank, I, I don't want to monopolize any more of your time, but kind of one last question, and we'll wrap it up here. Airlines getting in bed with Airbnb, good idea or bad idea? I think it's inevitable. Uh, if airlines have to stay relevant, they need to think like an Airbnb, like an Uber. Uh, otherwise, they would be left behind. And if they cannot think like then they have to partner with them. Initially, yes, just in, you know, just sharing and things like that. But I think the, the partnership can be much deeper, uh, especially around customer data, because ultimately in the future, airlines are going to be nothing but pipelines, uh, transporting passengers from A to B. And the one who owns the data, the customer data and, and, and is able to act upon it will win. So why not? So why not uh, go ahead and leverage on the customer data prowess that uh, Airbnb has, combine it and use it for benefit of both the airlines and someone like Airbnb? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, my, my final thoughts on it are that they absolutely should try to figure out a way to, to partner and, and get very serious close to one another, if not a merger you know, some type of some type of partnership where both their bottom lines uh, can be impacted and and profit from either one of from both of them succeeding. I also think, like you said, that the data will be a huge play and probably the difference between this time this this error of aviation and closely working with hotels and the previous time where airlines have tried to make it work and it's, it's I think may have spread their management too thin. Um, is the fact that data is a lot easier to gather and manipulate and uh, personalize specific information. Right. I can only imagine how much more successful uh, Pan Am would be when owning Intercontinental had they had something like IBM Watson to pump all of that data into Watson and turn out a specific experience for their passengers uh, getting off mm -hmm. their airplanes and then getting into their hotels. Um, so I, I would no, say that forget Pan Am. I think if any airline can do that right now, they'll be very right. successful. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, uh, but I think that the the data is the fact that data is so much easier to manipulate nowadays than ever, and and cheaper, quite honestly, uh, to to manipulate now than ever, is setting up a big opportunity for airlines and Airbnb to partner partner as well as profit greatly from one another right 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 so exactly no i but i do still think that the future is bright we see the likes of uh, you know big big guys like southwest and uh, air new zealand and singapore airlines british airways really innovating these days uh, airlines are holding everything from hackathons to incubation funds so they do realize the necessity for this and they're taking the initial steps and i do hope that of it. Yeah. So last question, if you had to make a guess on who will be the first airline to not 
not partner like we've talked about in terms of just showing Airbnb bookings uh, on their website, but an actual, like a, a deep-rooted partnership. If you had to guess the first airline to make that proposition, who do you think it would be? Huh. Uh, I would say someone like JetBlue. That was they're, what I was they're say. Cutting edge. Yeah. The, uh, if you look at a U.S. carrier, JetBlue, if you look internationally, perhaps someone like Air New Zealand, uh, they're really cutting edge. They have uh, their chief of innovation is, um, or or even someone like Finnair, which has a 70% uh, digital team and a chief digital officer. Mm -hmm. So there are airlines innovating, and I think, um, you know, it, it might be one of these. Yeah, Let's yeah Jet, JetBlue has my vote, too. So, well, I guess uh, only time will tell. And I guess <laughs> I think next year you and I will either look like visionaries or uh, we'll be sitting in the corner. So <laughs> let's, let's do an encore episode next year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Shashank, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate you, you coming on the show. Uh, for all our listeners, again, why don't you give us the links for Simply Flying, your book, and you do a daily kind of uh, web TV show, correct? I do. I do have a daily live show. It's on facebook.com slash simplyflying and twitter.com slash simplyflying. Um, and I discuss the latest and greatest in airline marketing and entrepreneurship. Uh, the book is on Amazon. You can just search store uh, or you can go to simplystore.com. Uh, that's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-O-A-R, simplystore.com. Some orders you'd like to uh, place. Um, <coughs> and I would love to interact with your, your listeners online. Yeah, and we will we'll make sure we put all those links uh, in the show notes as well. Well, Shashank, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great one. Once again, we want to thank Shashank for joining us on the podcast. We'll, of course, have the links to his book, his website, his Twitter, and his daily live show in our show notes. Uh, if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, please, please, please hit that subscribe button so you can make sure you get the latest episodes sent straight directly to your phone. Uh, if you want to check us out on our website, we've got all the podcasts uh, from previous episodes up there along with the list of all the apps you can catch us on, Stitcher, podcast app for iOS, Google Play, etc., etc. You can check out that website, which is just www.runway.vc slash podcast. Or you can check us out on Twitter, just runwayvc, no dot in that link. Once again, we want to thank Cutchins & Grow, the airport planning firm that without this podcast would not be possible. If your airport ever needs anything from an IFE to a master plan uh, and all of the tasks in between, please check out their website at cutchins-grow.com, K-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-G-R-O-H.com. You can also shoot them an email at k hyphen g at cutchins hyphen grow.com and finally as always our music guy bruno Massone. uh bruno has some great compositions of songs that he mixes in with aviation noises uh that you hear at your typical airport he does a great job of putting together an entire soundtrack of some pretty great music that i actually listen to just kind of when i need some background noise and and some focus music Check him out at his website at brunomassone.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.